Everyone in this room is now dumber. May God have mercy on your soul. I am gonna smack you so hard. Pain in the ass. I will smack it's your face happen. off of your face. Ryan Roach. You can get on base, you can walk, you can hit, and he can steal back. That's the key. They missed that element last year in the leadoff position. Sports. Dave Pollard. is facing more outrageous scoring chances. In a weird way, the defense sucking as much as it has. He's becoming more adept at making bigger saves. He's absolutely right. And Mark Lazell. You have a great coach of Brad Stevens. You want him to stick around. Around. You want him to have confidence in this team. Here's the key part. You start winning games that matter. Down the stretch, you have to win these games. There are playoff implications on the line. The Sports Blast. What the hell are you doing? Only on ESPN New Hampshire. This is awesome. This is awesome. Oh, no, 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 that doesn't no, no, work. No, no, don't ruin it. No. And ESPNNHradio.com. Game on! Game on! What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Sports Blast. You're on ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. As always, I'm Ashish Sharma, joined by Brian Roach, David Pollard, and Mark Lazell. What's going on, fellas? What's up? Not too much, man. Beautiful day. Beautiful day. Nice and warm. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's uh, it's still cold. Well, it's what? Not like, it's not like it's, it's hot what out are you or anything. What talking about? Like it was that. like 50. Yeah, it's so-so. When I drove in here today, I just I couldn't believe how warm it was. It was sunny, the sun beating down on my face as I drove up here to our studio. It was just unbelievable. I, I, I could get used to this, honestly. Yeah, it's going to snow it's, soon. It's like baseball weather almost. No, no, we got all the snow we needed. We just wanted to segue into baseball immediately. No, yeah, honestly, I don't, even, I don't want to talk about baseball you today. You took us honestly. down a warm I, I really, I don't to even want to talk about baseball Just today. to talk but, about spring training, didn't But you? the Red Sox begin the exhibition games on Friday. Uh, of next week. Yeah. See, yeah. Well, see, no. see well, we're talking you about you baseball now. You see what you did, no, Ashish? No, that does Just keep yeah, your see, mouth I, shut. I, I shouldn't have said anything about baseball because I, I knew Brian a, would get going. I'm sorry. It was a trick. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I, look, I'll be honest with you guys. I am very excited for baseball season. I really am. But as you guys know, as Brian knows especially, I really can't stand spring training. So let's just hold off on that talk. We'll wait. Until yeah. next week. I mean, maybe once we get close to the blast off, we can talk about it. I mean, yep. we'll talk about it a little bit, but hey, listen, it's NBA All-Star Weekend. You yeah. know what that means? We're just days away now from the NBA trade deadline. Um, Thursday, February 23rd at 3 p.m. is the trade deadline. Yeah. And, you know, like, this is actually one of my favorite times of the year in terms of uh, the NBA season. I really like trade deadlines. The NBA, like, really hasn't done anything. Yeah, the but I love trade deadlines. The year was when Isaiah got traded. Yeah, it, it's it, all about rumors in the NBA. Nothing right. a- nothing actually ever happens. True, though, but I just I get excited for trade deadlines. I like seeing guys move around. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I you don't like think the, being, Celtics, the Celtics are not doing anything. You like being duped? By all the trade rumors. <laughs> Dave is just really pissed because he's still complaining about the fireworks that were supposed to happen with the Celtics two and a half seasons ago. Uh, the fireworks. Two and a half. How about three, right. yeah. three seasons ago, two seasons ago, last year, the off seasons. It's always supposed to be fireworks with the Celtics. Yeah. And, and since then, you just you, you will never let that go because you were expecting something to happen and it just hasn't. I mean, they no, got I Isaiah expect, Thomas. I co- expect nothing to happen. Oh, I and I, I agree with you. I think, look, you've got a team that's right now second in the Eastern Conference. They're playing great basketball. Isaiah Thomas is playing out of his mind. Probably the third uh, guy in, in, the MV, in the MVP conversation behind Westbrook and Harden. I don't think you need to make a move if you're Danny Ainge. Don't make a move yeah, just to do. make a move. Well, yeah. you you got to make a move if you want to win a championship. Well, I don't you're think, not well, good enough Well, yet. then it comes down to what's the expectation for this team because I don't think they're getting past Cleveland in the Eastern Conference. To me, the expectation, give Cleveland a fight in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, if you lose, as, that's fine. As currently constituted, sure, yeah. If you can get a piece, though, with that first-round pick from Brooklyn, you know, it depends on the piece. Well, if you, it's m- a, you might be a little bit closer to being able to contend I for think, a title. I think if it's like a guy like Andre Drummond, he's a guy that's sort of floated around in rumors. I think if you mm. move that number one pick, which I think it, it will end up being the number one pick, the Brooklyn pick, that is, then you do it. If you can package that with some guy that's not a main piece on this roster, then you go out and you get an Andre Drummond because I'll tell you what, Andre Drummond would give you a, pro- uh, uh, a presence in the paint that you haven't seen yeah, since Kendrick Perkins. They can't yeah, rebound. He, he definitely would, but uh, you'd, have, he'd, you'd also have to take him off the floor in the fourth quarter because they'll start hacking him because he's a 35% yeah, free throw he's shooter. He's an awful free throw shooter, but Ashish, I think the bigger picture is you, you got to look at this team moving forward and they have too many players on the freaking roster. I mean, what are they going to do with all these players? You're going to keep draft picks and just keep drafting players like left to right? No. You're going to have to trade at some point. And I don't think it will happen at the deadline. I think it will happen in the summer. And I, I think Danny Ainge is going to feel out you know, with the teams at this deadline to see who's going to become available during the summer. 
And Paul George honestly already came out and said that he wants to play for a winning team. He doesn't want to be playing for the Indiana Pacers unless they go out and get somebody. You know, which the Indiana Pacers reported last night that they're going to make the 2017 first round pick available to try to get him help. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. That trade's not going to happen this this deadline. It will happen in the summer, if anything. And also, Jimmy Butler's available. But is Jimmy Butler going to put you over the top? And that's when a lot of people have to see this, okay? Isaiah Thomas, he's going to, like, uh, ask for a uh, max contract. Yep. Right? You got Al Hawford, who already has a max contract. Yep. You do the math. They only have one more max contract available. So who do you go after? And... Jimmy Butler doesn't put you over the top. Paul George does. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins does. Andre Drummond doesn't. So I don't want them to go after Andre Drummond because then you got to utilize his money to yeah, you know put it on the cap. You can't, you can't hold out hope for a guy like DeMarcus Cousins who we've been talking about now for over a year. I mean, if it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. Well, he oh, basically it's not ar- doesn't he basically already have a deal in place yeah. with well, the it Kings? it hasn't happened. It's not official. Well, yeah, that's no. because they're waiting until the offseason. But but here's, here's what makes it official is now he's comfortable with the Sacramento Kings. Right. And he's saying, I'll sign the extension. He's basically saying that. You, you offer me the contract, I'll sign it. Because he wants to stay in in uh, Sacramento for some for God, for God forsaken reason, he wants to stay with Sworn. Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I don't know if that's uh, <laughs> so much a want for him to stay in Sacramento uh, for either party. I don't know if Cousins really wants to stay in Sacramento. I don't know if Sacramento really wants to keep Demarcus Cousins with all the issues that they've had and the inability to get him any help. Well, yeah, but, but if they didn't have him, you imagine imagine how bad they would. Yeah, be. they'd be horrible. But what difference does that make when you're the Sac? Sacramento Kings. It doesn't make any difference. So I think that this could be a smoke and mirrors type story to try and create some leverage if you are trying to move DeMarcus Cousins if you're the Sacramento Kings. You drive up the asking price a little bit if you're if basically, you know, it, other teams are interested in Cousins. Yeah. So you tell other teams, hey, we're not interested in dealing them, and that, that drives the asking price up a little bit. I agree with you, though, Mark. Jimmy Butler doesn't put you over the top. He doesn't. Paul George gets you really close. Yeah, I don't, I don't, know, I don't think he gets you, you there. Over the top, right. but, it, but at least that makes it a series if you meet Cleveland. No, right. he, he is a guy that would be the main guy. Everybody talks about Isaiah Thomas and all this. You know, right. he, he's a gritty guy, okay? He, he's a great player. He shoots the ball a lot. And now he doesn't do much he's pro- other than that. He's probably looking for, uh, like, a max contract, too, oh, which is ridiculous. Who, Isaiah? Well, that's what yeah. I'm that's Well, yeah, he can't defend. I wouldn't even they, He's give a, him a defensive max contract, liability, but... so in the fourth quarter, he has to come off the court on defensive trips. Right. So, <laughs> so Brian, you, you make up a great point, but then you have Marcus Smart, who's going to be coming off the books. You have right. Avery Bradley, who's going to be coming off the books. In two years, right? You, yeah, in two years, but you have to start now because right. if you keep waiting, you have these Brooklyn picks for the next, you know, two, two or three years. Right, and the, and the and they should be good because Brooklyn's not going up anytime soon. You you see them right now; they're on a, I think they're on a fourteen or fifteen game losing streak, and they have nine wins, but which you, is way far below everyone else. But the Celtics fans and listeners in the NBA as well, you have to realize that this this NBA draft is going to be pretty steep. I mean, it is going to be a really good, good draft. You're going to have players that a, are a lot of guards, yeah, but there's though. a lot yeah, of guards. And that's something say. that the Celtics don't need. You look at the backcourt. I mean, there's no room for another guard on this Celtics roster. And that's my point, Ashish. So, what do you do if you're Ainge? Do you, yeah, but you don't trade it at the deadline because you're going to get the most valuable value at the draft. Right. When teams become desperate, and also when they get workouts with. Christopher Fultz and you know um, Lonzo Monk. Ball and you got Malik Monk, all these guys. You know they're heavy. They're heavy guards. I'll tell you right now, Fultz and Monk are going to be like Damian Lillard and like uh, Chris Paul combo. So guards. the combo guards, Russell Westbrook esque. You're going to have to throw it out there to see really what teams are really desperate to give up their top talent. And the Indiana Pacers, if they don't make a trade, Paul George already told them that he might not sign an extension until they have things in place. Right. So why not ask Larry Bird, hey, Larry, we'll, we'll give you this package straight up. You know, you guys can have as many draft picks as you want, and we'll give you a, a couple of players in return, maybe Jay Crowder and Kelly Olenek. Let's make a deal. That's not going to do it. Yeah, though. that's not going to do it at all. You, you basically got to go. You basically got to go to a team if you're trying to acquire a Paul George type talent. You're going to have to give up at least uh, this year's first round pick from Brooklyn, and then you probably got to give them a list of 
Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder, and at, at least those those guys right there, the best on your roster, and say pick two. And I'm fine with that. I, I'm and, totally because you've got to do something at some point. Like I, I understand that Celtics fans have sort of fallen in love with some of this roster. Uh, Jay Crowder, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Marcus Smart plays with a lot of intensity. He's a I, great I defensive player. Smart. But those are not going to be guys that win you a championship. You're, it's not going to uh, put you over the top. It's, it doesn't put you over the top, but you do need those role players on a championship team. Sure you do, but, well, but you're never even going to get to that point if you can't acquire a superstar. Right? Exactly, and Dave's, Dave hit the nail on the head right there because this is a – in the Eastern Conference, you need all-stars. Uh, not even in the Eastern Conference. To win a title, you do. Because well, only one of the last 37 champions um, – has not had a superstar and won. And that was the 04 Pistons. It never happens. Right. It never happens. Oh, you don't and think I, Chauncey Billups was a superstar? He wasn't Richard, at that Richard time. Hamilton, Ben Wait, Wallace. Pal- he yeah. wasn't a um, an, uh, the first-team All-NBA player, which is what I consider a uh, superstar. Yeah, I I can attest to that. But when you know you, you have to go up against LeBron James and company, you have to bring you know the A game and the A team. And the Celtics don't have the A team. So Ashish, when you say you know when Dave was saying that you know do they have enough to make it to the the NBA Finals and win a championship? And you say, well, that's not the expectations for this team. It's well, still win a playoff round. <laughs> the expectations for this team every single year is to win a championship. Is it not? I, I, no, is it not a realistic one? It's Start a realistic expectation. That's every team. You cannot, if you cannot beat the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals right now, as currently constituted as the second, uh, if you get the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, maybe if you can wrestle away home court advantage from the Cavs, even then it's going to be tough. But you sure as hell aren't beating the Warriors if you somehow make a Cinderella run to the finals. And listen, I just going back to what they if the Warriors do, even make it. I think don't the Warriors them, coming out then, of the West. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be yet. it's going to be Why not? it's going to be Houston, <laughs> San Antonio, or, or the Warriors. It's You're not, not going to beat gonna any be, of them. It's going to be Cleveland and the Warriors again because there's no yeah. parity in this league. That's true. Exactly. Let's, let's be real yeah. about it. Because once you have the superstar, who's won the last three NBA titles? It was LeBron, Curry, LeBron. You yeah. you have yeah. to have the guy. It's the two best players in the league. They're going to be there every year. And now the Warriors are a wagon. There's no way they don't make it out of the West. Cleveland's clearly far and away the best team in the East. They're going to make it out of the East. And, uh, and you I'll, know what? Wick, Bro- uh, Wick Grossback yeah. and Danny Ainge, by the way, know that this team is not good enough to contend with Cleveland. They know it. Well, They're not there yet. They're not expecting this team to go to they the ju- NBA They finals. just want to win a playoff round. No, but here's the reason why <laughs> I use a sense of urgency. Kevin Love's out for six weeks, okay? You would have the potential to get the number one seed and have whole home court They're what, advantage. three games back currently? Just because Kevin yes. Love isn't on that roster? I I would say, well, that's why I want them to make a trade at the deadline. If if Kevin Love's out for six weeks, then you can really get that number one seed and hold up home court advantage. Then come the playoffs, Kevin Love does get injured all the time, guys. Like, you know, Kelly Lake pulled his shoulder out. Like, he has, like, hamstring injuries. He, he's, he's like... That's a, why I didn't want him. Of, he's kind of soft. Yeah, you know, a piece of styrofoam. Like, he's <laughs> literally like Clay Buckles. Like... You know, uh, just I wouldn't put Kevin Kevin Love in the same Kevin Buckles. Kevin Buckles. I wouldn't put Kevin Love in the same conversation as Clay Buckles. That's an insult and a slap in the face to Kevin Love. From an injury standpoint, that's from an injury standpoint, I think Clay Buckles is definitely more injury prone than Kevin Love is. I mean, Kevin, uh, Kevin Love, Love gets Kevin, injured. Kevin, no, he almost does every have season. his fair share, but he's not. I mean, yeah, he's soft, but he's not as soft as Buckles. I think Buckles is in like on his own planet. All right, back regard. back comparison then, whatever. You know, you could talk whatever you want about Clay Buckles. I'm talking about Kevin Love here. I just think he's really soft. And I wouldn't want him on the, the Celtics because he doesn't have that grit. You know, he's a pretty boy coming out of L.A. You know, the Celtics don't want that. The Celtics want guys that really have a chip on their shoulder, getting picked last in the draft, right? And, and guys that want to win. Like Kevin Love, of course he wants to win, but win with LeBron James. You know, you can do it on your own. You just got to find a way. And the way you find it is Danny has to make a trade to pull a trigger at the deadline to go out and get that all-star to make a run at Cleveland yeah. and wrap up the number one seed at home and bring it to Cleveland. 
Bring it to Cleveland in a seven-game series. As much as I'd love to see them make a move like that uh, involving the, the Brooklyn pick, I don't think it's going to happen at the deadline. Nope. I actually agree with you guys that it's probably going to happen this summer. And if they do get the number one overall pick, fine. Draft, uh, I think it's Markel Fultz is the consensus number one right now, right, out of UCLA, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you have to, draft him and then use him in, in a trade to go and get a guy like Paul George, as you said, Mark, or maybe some other superstar that you can package using Fultz if you end up with the number one pick. And you end up taking him, right? But I, I mean, as much as I'd like to see a move at the deadline involving the the draft pick, because I don't think you're going to be using that in terms of getting a guy for yourself. Because a lot of people like to say, "Oh, you know what? It's possibly going to be the number one overall draft pick." You haven't had this in you know thirty, forty years. If you're the Celtics, this is something that you need. People tend to fall in love with top draft picks. You don't know what these guys are going to turn into. They are unproven commodities. Greg I mean, Oden. Not every, it could be a Greg Oden. It could be an Anthony Bennett. Not everyone's going to be Andrew Wiggins. Not everyone's going to be a Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Okay, or a Carl Anthony Towns. Russell Westbrook. You know, you're Someone could turn into Anthony Bennett. You know, you, know you, you, <laughs> could, you could end up drafting the next Anthony Bennett. That's the thing. You don't want an unproven commodity. Or the Greg go, Oden. If you can package <laughs> that pick for a guy that's proven like Paul George, like Andre Drummond, as much as some of you don't want mm, him. I, no one wants Andre no, the Drummond. the Andre Drummond thing. See, that's the tricky part about this. You've got Isaiah up for a max deal. He's going to want that money. He already said, back up the Brinks truck. He wants to get paid. So you're going to have to pay Isaiah a max contract. You're already paying Al Horford a max contract. So the next guy, if you're going to pay the next guy a max contract, he's got to be the guy. It can't be a Drummond. It can't be a Butler. It's got to be the guy that puts you over the top and allows you to compete with Cleveland. Okay, Dave, l- l- let me see if you agree with this. If Ken Kendrick Perkins didn't get hurt in 2010 when the Celtics played the Lakers the second time in the uh, NBA you, Finals. You know I think, what? You I know what? I think they would you know have who also they, they had? Kevin Garnett. Yeah, but Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett had to move to the five, though. If they had Kevin Garnett playing his normal position at power forward, yes. and they had Kendrick Perkins. But they I, don't I'm have a about, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, this is different. They don't have a Paul Pierce. Yeah, what, what are you leaning towards? What are you, high? Oh, I'm, I'm saying that Kendrick Perkins, his dominance in the paint, helped them when they beat the Lakers the first time. Sure. I think you can get yes, that. Yes, but they don't have Drummond. the but, other but pieces. Ashish, your, your, your max contract guys on that team were top-tier players. You've got and two the, guys in right. Isaiah and Al Horford that if they're both getting max contracts, you're giving max contracts to that second tier. Or even the you, third tier. You need to make sure that the next guy, because you're, you're not going to have enough money if you if you don't, the next guy has to be a top-tier talent. It's got to be a Paul George and he's or not, someone of the like. And he's not a player in the draft. And he's not moving at the deadline. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful what you do here with this Brooklyn pick because if you want to acquire a guy that's making max money, he's got to be a top-tier guy. If he's a second-tier guy that doesn't put you over the top you don't do it you don't do it because then you're handcuffing yourself in the offseason yep so you guys are all in agreement that we pretty much will see the Celtics and Danny stand pat at the no moment. I don't think he'll stand pat no, I, I think, think he'll I, make a move yeah I, I think he need, they need rebounding it's just if he wants to make the move to go over the top he will I don't see it happening guys I just think he should because Kevin Love's out for six weeks. They need to get that number one seed. Right. It's just going to be a move to get someone in here who can rebound, for crying out loud. There's plenty of guys Tyson like Chandler. that that are, not, that are not max contract guys. You're just yeah. going to get an average player who can rebound at this deadline, right. which is going to help your team. It's not going to put you over the top, but it should get you to the Eastern Conference Finals the way this team has been playing without any ability to rebound whatsoever. But why are we talking about uh, Andre Drummond with regards to a max contract in the sense that he's under contract at his you know, with his current deal Which, for the next three, four years? Isn't that like twenty million dollars per season? Up, then you're yeah. giving up that first round pick that you might be able to utilize in the offseason. Right, to get and the he's top being paid talent. like twenty million dollars per season, which I mean. is basically a max. It's, max. it's tricky, guys. Eight, it's tricky right now. Yeah, he's getting paid eighteen million this year, nineteen million next year, like nineteen point five the next. It, you know, it, it's just too much. So Dave's right. If you want to get a guy, you better know he's the right person because you're going to be throwing a lot of money towards his way. So they they have, like you said, second-tier players. They got to find the A guy because if not, they're, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. 603-883-9900. The Lovering Mitsubishi text line is 845-827-1250. This is the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. An ESPN Radio Extra Point with Stugatz.
and Mike Golick Jr. You heard Steve Kerr say that Draymond Green, and Draymond has lent his voice to it as well, that he's going to be the icebreaker in the West locker room during the, you know, during All-Star Weekend because you have this tension between Westbrook and Durant. And Steve Kerr said, yeah, you know, Draymond will just walk in, he'll say something funny, and he'll mend the fences, and they'll move forward, and we're all on the same team this weekend. And Draymond said, I look forward to doing it. Whatever it is, he's going to do. And you can imagine what Draymond's going to do when he walks into that locker room thinking that with two sentences, he can undo everything that Durant did to Russell Westbrook. I can't think of anyone in the NBA who would bother Russell Westbrook more than Draymond Green. Like, Russ wants nothing to do with that. He doesn't want to make up with Kevin Durant this weekend, and he certainly doesn't want Draymond Green serving as a bridge to them making up. Like, Draymond Green's annoying, dude. At 6 a.m., you don't beep your horn. Doesn't matter. My buddy knows the drill anyway, because we do this every chance we get. Like a kid at Christmas, he's going to be at the window, skis at the door, hot cup of coffee in hand that he'll drain, just in time for first tracks at Loon. Enjoy outstanding conditions. Loon Mountain, New England's most accessible mountain destination, is wide open across three peaks. Buy tickets ahead and save at loonmtn.com. It's 6 a.m., clear as a bell, and winter quiet. I'm watching my breath turn to steam. If I turn left out of the driveway, there's a mountain of paperwork on my desk. If I turn right, there's a mountain of snow at Loon. I'm turning right. Work will still be there tomorrow. Loon Mountain is wide open across three peaks with terrain for the whole family. Full progression of terrain peaks in New Hampshire's only super pipe. Buy tickets ahead and save at loonmtn.com. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. The NBA has reached the All-Star break. The festivities kicked off last night. Team USA took on Team World. The World held off Team USA in a 150-141 to win. Isaiah Thomas and Brad Stevens rep- representing the Celtics this weekend. The skills competition and dunk contest is tonight. That kicks off at 8 o'clock. The All-Star game will be tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Patriots tight end coach Brian Doble is reportedly leaving the Patriots. He'll become the offensive coordinator of Alabama under Nick Saban. Doble spent the past three years with the Pats. Other Patriots news. Patriots wide receiver Michael Floyd began his 24-day prison sentence after pleading guilty to extreme DUI. Meanwhile, Darrell Rivas has been released from police custody after turning himself in for an altercation that took place in Pittsburgh last Thursday. He will have a preliminary hearing next Thursday, and the Bruins will look to keep things rolling following their bye week. The Bees have won three straight and six of their last eight. They return to action tomorrow. They'll be in San Jose to take on the Sharks. Face-off is at 8.30. This SportsCenter update is brought to you by Budweiser. This Bud's for you. I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. Forget the coffee. I am in so much pain right now. I've got a massive headache. The Sports Blast has the cure for your Friday night hangover. Hey, bro, you mind putting on some pants? I find it a little weird. I have to ask twice. Three hours of sports talk. That would be terrific. That would be great, huh? Terrific. That was terrific. Only on ESPN New Hampshire. All right, back here on the Sports Blast. ESPN New Hampshire, ESPNNHradio.com, continuing on with our discussion on the upcoming trade deadline in the NBA, 3 p.m. next Thursday, and uh, it's been a little animated here in the early goings about what the Celtics plan on doing. I honestly think that Danny Ainge is not going to make a move at all. Nothing. He'll do something. Yeah, he will. I, I just, don't think so. It just won't be fireworks. Didn't he, didn't he have a quote, Mark? This week about like he's he doesn't want a rental he doesn't want band aids yeah like that. He, he said that he didn't want band aids or a rental he, he's not giving up future assets I I think he is kind of throwing it out there to say like teams we're actually not giving up our future assets unless you give me a piece that I want so I I think it's a little you know cat and mouse game going on um, but I don't think it's a, a bad idea by him to really you know throw it out there to different teams that have players that may be coming off contracts to you know in two or three years like when he says you know rent a player and um band-aids he's talking like an andrew bogut you know stuff like that which me and dave alluded to in the you know last um you know uh segment where we're talking about they need a rebounder so 
I, I think he's really throwing it out there. That's going to be plan B. Um, but plan A, I think, is really just trying to figure out what teams are really willing to deal. I think he's going to make a deal. I just don't know what. Well, yeah. And, and look, the only way they get the superstar is if uh, Danny Ainge pulls one over on some team. You exactly. know, He's going to have to pull another trade out of his ass where he wins and the other team flat out loses. And I'm sorry, but I feel like most of the GMs in the NBA at this point are pretty privy to what Danny Ainge's scheme is at the trade deadline. And they've seen Danny Ainge win these trades before by trading picks and ponies for the big, the the horse, basically. The big ticket. The guy that you need in order to win a championship. The superstar. I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think that uh, other GMs around the league are really uh, happy to deal with Danny Ainge on trade deadline. Well, after he's, uh, he's fleeced them. Like, a That's few what times. I mean. He, he, he's like the won Isaiah these deals Thomas too often. Steel. Jake oh, the, the Suns and the deal. Kings must be kicking themselves. They'll always look at Thomas as the guy that got away. Well, who I knows? I mean, well, Isaiah, we don't know what Thomas would have been. Isaiah Thomas wouldn't have been what he was if he wasn't with this team, probably. Brad Stevens, good coach. Um, but when when you look at the, the Celtics moving forward, they, they, they definitely have you know needs, of course, but... Um, I, I think Danny likes to have like a stage one, and the stage one is at the deadline to feel out for stage two, which will be the summer. If stage one is completed, that's when you make the move for the big guy. But I think he'll definitely wait till the summer, kind of feel out who's willing to deal, you know, come up with trade scenarios so that when you know the the number one pick does happen, you know, teams feel capable of making that trade because without that legitimate number one. They're not going to want to make that trade unless it's like two. But um, anywhere from three to five, I mean, it's just not worthy. So I think they want to make sure that that's going to be the number one or number two pick. Most likely Well, the Celtics would uh, probably rather prefer to get rid of that pick before the lottery comes out. If possible, given but, their the, history. but the problem with it is the value is is not as high as it will be once you know what the pick is going to be for certain teams. But it works both ways, Dave. The value could go down right. after it could the go, lottery. It could go down, but it could go up. Right now, it's less than what it potentially could be in the right. offseason, though. Yeah, it's, it's a risky move, but if you're Ainge, right? It's a guard-heavy draft, so at this point, you're trading that pick regardless. I'm telling or, you right now. Or you're trading a guard. Or you're you could trade well, a you guard. Could, you but could trade a guard and a pick. Yeah, you could trade a guard and. <laughs> but again, if you look you have so many guards. Like trading one guard is not going to make a difference. I mean, again, even if you do draft a no, guard. No, no, no. But it, it, it may not make a difference, but it does take money off the books, which you desperately are going to need if you yep. want that guy. Now, look, I don't even take Isaiah Thomas off the table in certain respects because you're going to have to give that guy a max contract. Now, if that's going to handcuff you to the point where you don't think you can get the superstar, because Isaiah, I'm sorry, he's been great. He's been. Uh, again, he's going to finish, like you said, Ashish, top three in the MVP voting this year, but he's not the guy. He is not the guy. You can't have him out there in the fourth quarter defending leads. Yeah, guys, I don't think that they're going to win a championship with Isaiah Thomas being the point guard. And the reason why is he likes to dominate the basketball. And when that happens, you know, players lose their strengths. Like Al Horford, I mean, he's having an average season. Everybody's saying he's doing really good. He can't he's, rebound. He can't he rebound. two rebounds the other day tw- in 23 minutes. He, two. And well, he, we talked about that one. He got acquired is that he's never been a huge rebounder. We looked at his career numbers. Well, yeah, but two. Digits. Yeah, I know. I agree. Two is two is pretty. Isaiah pathetic. Thomas can have two, but in that regard, I think Danny Ainge kind of uh, hand, uh, handcuffed himself too. In that, in that right, because yeah, he Mike wanted to sign someone contract, who was man. who was good. Top free agent They're to a better prove team, that though. the Celtics could sign someone who was a top free agent. They are a better team with Horford than without Horford. That's true. So I mean, uh, you are making improvements by adding. Guys like Al Horford to your roster, but you're still but like you, five notches below the. That's cast. what I mean. So now, now you're in a position where you've got to be careful what your next move is because you're going to handcuff yourself financially if you give the right, the wrong amount of money to the wrong guy. Right. So you got to watch what you do here at this deadline. You can't overspend. You can't spend that Brooklyn pick on someone that's a second tier talent. No, it's not going right. to do it for yeah. you. And, and, and if you do, by the way, you may risk losing. Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, and I, I think Ainge is smarter than that, to be honest with you. I don't think he's he really wants to deal the 2017 pick 
for Jimmy Butler. I think he wants to do the 2018 because, you know, there's not much to it. And you can utilize that 2017 pick to go out and get a guy, you know, like a, a Blake Griffin or, you know, s- somebody that can rebound the ball and block shots. Blake Griffin so, still is on that top tier. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think Blake but, Griffin look, puts you over the top either. But, I'm with Brian. But, but, my, but if you, uh, to Mark's point, if yeah. you can use that 2018 pick to bring in a guy who's not quite Paul George, who's not quite Kevin Durant well, in a Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. then you can utilize the your 2017. 17 pick, and I'm sorry, Isaiah, but if you package Isaiah with that 2017 pick, now Paul we're George. talking about yeah. a superstar, right. okay? And if you acquired a guy like Jimmy Butler, and you've got Al Horford, then you can go for a Blake Griffin, a Paul George, that guy that's going to put you over the top. Uh, well, Blake Dave, Griffin, no. even to that well, point. Well, Blake Griffin at that point is a position of need. You need a center. Right. And, and to today's point, you could also start throwing in Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder to make the money sure. come off the books. Right. Sure. So Specifically, y- Avery Bradley, I think he's an injury risk. I, I know a lot of fans like love him. They're playing him. great without him. He's going to get paid, too. And, and it can be done. And I'm telling you right now, if they go out and get like a Blake Griffin or, or somebody... Al Horford's expendable in my eyes. I agree. Totally. Oh, I as, agree long totally. as, as long as the team really wants his salary, which I don't know who would want $28 million Utah Jazz. on their books. Yeah, Utah <laughs> For Jazz. Al Horford. Yeah, he no. can't rebound. Yeah, he can't rebound, and I feel like he chokes with inconsistency. That's, see, that's why I'm saying, like, you guys are talking about they need a rebounder. That's why I'm saying go after Andre Drummond, because I know Paul George is probably the best player that you can acquire in a trade realistically. I know, but Drummond yeah, but but yeah, takes up but, too but much money. He, the asking not only price that, but he's not—he's not as good as you think he well, is. Well, and you're gonna have to give up a Brooklyn pick for right. him, right? But here's you're the gonna thing. waste that pick okay, on a guy who's who's just gonna what provide Rebound. you rebounding? No, but let's just say in a perfect world that you go out and get a guy like Paul George. Forget about the money for a second. Let's just say you have him. Now you have two players in Paul George and Isaiah Thomas that do a lot of the same things. They're both sure. ball dominant players. How's that gonna work? Well, I think Marcus Smart could be the potential point guard oh, moving no. forward. I agree with no, that. No, I like Marcus Smart as a defensive guys, specialist. Guys, have you seen like Marcus playing Smart's pretty good well, well, improvements on offense the past month? And he keeps getting better. Uh, at first, I kept cringing during the start of the season whenever he took a three. The, now I'm I'm starting to he's, like he's be improved okay. incrementally no, offensively. He's shooting 36 percent from three look, every year. I'm I'm. I'm agreeing with you. Every year he's improved offensively. Mm-hmm. It's incremental, but he's a and he's an astounding defender. Right. So I mean, yeah, more, I, I would take look, I would take that in a heartbeat over Isaiah Thomas shooting the ball 35 times a but game. But see, right. that's that's Ashish's original point. I think Isaiah does that because there's no other guy. Yep. Okay, I don't know that it's Isaiah's game to do what he's been doing this year. I, so if you bring yeah. in a Paul George, yeah, right now Isaiah seems like the guy who's a ball hog. He's the ball stopper, and he's going to chuck up a bunch of shots. But if you bring in a Paul George, he becomes more of a facilitator, does he not? Right. I, I would assume so. He would have to. Yeah, because then, then it's not going to work because you have, again, you're going back to the, my point that you have two guys Isaiah that do a lot would of the come same off things. the bench. But, I, but I, I, don't, don't know, I don't know if you can do that now. I don't, I don't think, think you can think move Isaiah back to the I bench. I think you could. I think Isaiah would welcome that role because he'd be the exactly. star of the bench. I don't think that Isaiah is the guy that he is right now on this team. He's got to chuck up all those shots. So you make him a sixth man if you go out and get a guy like Paul George? Yeah, I, I'm not necessarily I, saying that. I'm saying I, I he becomes say more of a facilitator than a ball stopper. Right. That if you get Paul George, Isaiah becomes uh, falls into a different role. He can't be the guy that's chucking up all those shots. Now you got Paul George. And I don't think that Isaiah, at least it hasn't been shown in his career, that he's going to be a guy who would be opposed to that. Right. No, but... Isaiah, has he ever been on a team where he's had the chance not to be that guy, to be a facilitator, as opposed to the guy who's chucking up 50, 60 shots a game? When it was I, with I, Sacramento. I, sure, but I I don't know. I just think it's... Because DeMarcus, DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, DeMarcus Cousins. Right, so he was the... And he, he wasn't the scorer he was here. Right. Uh, obviously, that has to do with him improving over the course of time as well and becoming mm-hmm. the player that he has in Boston, but... I think that Isaiah would welcome. I agree. Be uh, a, a guy like Paul George to become a guy who's more of a facilitator. Oh, I, I, I think that's a hell of an assumption to make. I mean, you're underestimating these guys. Have they, they all have egos? Even Isaiah Thomas. Oh, sure Isaiah Thomas has a big ego. He said, so "Back I, up the Brink truck." I'm not saying he doesn't. Yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't want to get paid. But I'm saying uh, that we don't know. There's, there's 
a necessity for Isaiah to take the amount of shots that he takes now. Yeah, with, but with to a that guy point, like Dave, Paul George, that necessity's not there anymore. I mean, this guy's averaging five, six assists a game, and in the NBA, you have you know point guards that average a double double sometimes, where you know it's twenty points and ten assists. So I want a guy, a point guard that facilitates, sets the table. Who's he got to pass to right now? But you got to make your players better around you because if not, you're just going to be chucking up shots and hoping they go in. Yeah, but and that's a what's happening on his teammates. Is there not? Like he's far and away the best player on this team, and he's not even a top tier shooter in the league. Right. Well, what about Jalen Brown? What about you know Avery Bradley when he becomes self? What about Jalen Brown? He doesn't and get Avery the Brown? ball enough. Well, that's because he doesn't get the minutes. Because... Yeah, he's a young player. Right. I don't think that Stevens has the trust in him to put him out there as much as uh, he's as starting he to. He's, star- he's starting to get more minutes, but then he. He now has the injury, which hampers his development. And Bradley's been injured. Right. Well, one thing that um, Isaiah Thomas has that doesn't show up in, in the box score is when when he has the ability to recruit the way he does and tell people how Boston is, and he's a part of the culture, and he sees the winning team, he knows what Brad Stevens is about, he knows what the front management is about, you really got to put in consideration and say, this guy has the factor. The it factor. Yeah, he's got a chip on his shoulder. No pun intended. I I think he wants to win in this league. I think he wants to be a guy that brings a championship here. I I kind of think that's Isaiah's mentality. He does have that chip on his shoulder. Selected last in his draft. Yeah. You know, so uh, you've got a guy in Isaiah here that I think will play whatever role is necessary in order to win. I know he's got an ego. Uh, do you really think that if a guy like Paul George were to come to the Celtics, that Isaiah wouldn't welcome becoming a facilitator? I'm with you, Dave. I, I, like, I, I do we really believe that, that role? Like, like, we see the egos in this league. Is Isaiah really among the worst? No, no, he just no. wants to be paid. No, he's 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 no diva. Well, he's a he's a diva. It's a bit of a diva, but it's nowhere near right. what we've seen out of some of the top players he, in the he's, league. He's no LeBron. No way! He's not even close. You can kind of make you can kind of make the case for MVP this year because of what you talk about, where he's making unbelievable shots and fourth quarter numbers are insane. And not only that, but now he owns um, the twenty point streak in Celtics history. Yeah. So well, and we have a check for that. Look, right? we, we haven't heard anything coming out of Isaiah except for that one game he got taken out of the fourth quarter at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season. And that was the only game where he, game where he didn't Brad score Stevens twenty points this season. Yeah. So, so look, I, I think that this is a guy who the biggest thing we've seen with his ego is that he said he wants to get paid. He's going to finish third in the MVP voting this year, according to you know this what, possibly, panel here. You know what? Possibly second. If they get number one seed. And he's getting if they paid get the number a, one seed. He's getting paid a million dollars this year, right. and he's going to finish top three in the MVP voting. Of course, he wants to get paid. That, that's but you'll value. Have, you'll have to pay him moving forward, and that's right. why I don't think it will his value go, goes down when I, the price tag goes but up. But I don't think he would go to the bench if he's making you know twenty four, twenty five million right. dollars per year. Why does year. he have to? If you bring in Paul George, because I I, I don't see why can't Isaiah, you still have I agree, Mark, why I agree can't you that still have Marcus Smart coming off the bench as your point well guard? because you uh, you need someone coming off the bench who can score. And well, I thought that you just said Marcus Smart was becoming a phenomenal scorer. Y- yes, but he's more apt to help a Paul George than to help Isaiah because Isaiah can he's create got a his two own way shot. game. Right. I, I like his yeah. two way game. And also, just a quick thing: it's six and a half million dollars. So let's not act like he's not making anything. Well, he's making six and a half. Million he's making dirt well. for a guy who's going to finish thir- right. third or higher. He, he's in the MVP great value player. for the price right now. But when his price tag goes up. His, yeah. The value of him goes down. All, all I'm saying is if we're basing the ego off the fact he wants to get paid, I don't blame him right. for wanting to get paid. Obviously, I don't think that that's a, a red flag in terms of his ego. And to suggest that bringing Paul George here would somehow cause issues instead, like, instead of make the team better, I don't care what you got to do with Isaiah Thomas at that point. If you get Paul George here, make him the sixth man. Make him a facilitator. I don't care what you do. You'll figure it out because Paul George makes you a contender. Yeah, and I don't think it will be a problem or a conflict with the roster if Isaiah Thomas and Paul George, you know, collaborate together. I think they can make it happen. But you're talking about two guys that love the ball, you know, and you got to look at it. Who's going to be a facilitator? Who's right. going to be a scorer? Isaiah has been the scorer. He loves that role. That's, that's He's not going to change. Would, well, that's why I think quick. he would flourish as the sixth man. If Isaiah's going to be on this team when you bring the superstar here, if and when, that superstar inevitably – 
is going to be a ball stopper. Right. Just like Isaiah. And So at some point, if you want Isaiah to be part of a championship team, once you bring a superstar in here, he's going to have to assume the role of facilitator. Right. And don't forget, Marcus Smart could be a part of the trade proposal with you know the the, the opposing teams. Yeah, so it could. he may not be here. Right. So you got to look at it and say, is Isaiah Thomas really your point guard moving forward? I don't know about that because you have Terry Rozier, yes, but you're going to have to make a move here and there. All right, when we come back uh, from this quick break, we'll discuss our reaction to Claude Julien returning to the Montreal Canadiens. That's, of course, where he started his career as an NHL head coach after a decade in Boston. Uh, We'll get into that next year on the Sports Blast ESPN New Hampshire. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's local ESPN. Hey, it's me, your piggy bank. Remember when you were a little kid? All the dimes and quarters in my back. Yeah, that was good times. Good times. Now lately, I gotta be honest, you've been ignoring me. Money's been slipping through your hands like a greased pig. (laughs) Get it? Because I'm a... Anyway, I know how it is. Now that you get a real paycheck, it's nice to have stuff. You'll start saving money next year. Well, I hate to tell you, but good saving habits start now. Put just 20 bucks in the bank a month. Make your own coffee at home instead of that latte every morning. Brown bag it to work instead of ordering in. Those changes alone could save you thousands of dollars a year. Come on, I'm your piggy bank. We can be together again, me and you. The special times. <laughs> anyway, if you don't want me to cry anymore, feed me. Go to feedthepig.org for more ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal. This sounds like a broken record, and I say it every year, but it bears repeating. Use common sense when venturing out on the ice. The basic rule of thumb to remember is stay off any body of water with less than two inches of ice. Ice that is four inches thick is acceptable for walking and fishing. Minimum ice thickness for safe snow machine and ATV operation is five to eight inches. And for a car or small truck, you gotta wait until the thickness is between eight inches to a foot. Now, I'm not discouraging anyone from any activity on a frozen body of water. Just think ahead and use common sense so that a search and rescue operation or search and recovery operation won't have to be conducted for you. There are other places to ride and skate and the fish aren't going anywhere. They've got the kind of patience you need when it comes to heading out onto the ice. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. Hi, I'm Anthony Munoz, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals. I was fortunate to have played left tackle for 13 years with the same team, twice in Super Bowls and 11 consecutive years in the Pro Bowl. I said fortunate, not lucky, because I maintain a good work ethic and plan for my good health. Working out regularly, I didn't take unnecessary risks. I also wore pads, helmet, and other protective equipment to keep me safe. I'm honored to help the Good Samaritan program and its desire to get soldiers, Marines, and civilians to help reduce mishaps. Team effort is another concept I use throughout my career. Teammates helping teammates will work. The lessons I've learned in my football career can be applied to traffic and off-duty safety. The right equipment like seat belts, helmets, and motorcycles, and high-risk activities and goggles or glasses will help reduce mishaps. Don't depend on luck to keep you alive. It's better to plan for your future and for your safety. It simply takes a momentary loss of attention to land you on the bench, sidelines, or worse. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. The NBA has reached its all-star break. The festivities kicked off last night. It was Team USA who took on Team World, and the World held off Team USA with a 150-141 to victory. Isaiah Thomas and Brad Stevens are representing the Celtics this weekend. The skills competition and dunk contest is tonight. That kicks off at 8 o'clock. The all-star game will be tomorrow. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock as well. Patriots tight end coach Brian Doble is reportedly leaving the Pats. He'll become the offensive coordinator of Alabama under Nick Saban. Doble spent the past three years with the Patriots. In other Pats news, uh, Patriots wide receiver Michael Floyd began his 24-day prison sentence after pleading guilty to extreme DUI. Meanwhile, Darrell Revis has been released from police custody after turning himself in. For an altercation that took place in Pittsburgh last Thursday, he'll have a preliminary hearing next week on Thursday. And the Bruins will look to keep things rolling following their bye week. The Bees have won three straight and six of their last eight. They return to action tomorrow. They'll be in San Jose to take on the Sharks. Faceoff is at 8.30. 
This Sports Center update is brought to you by Miller Lite. As long as you are you, it's Miller time. I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. So, last week we talked about Claude Julien getting fired by the Bruins. This week we're going to talk about his new job, landing back with, with the Montreal with a Canadiens. Five-year extension too. Has oh. gone to. I, I was asking. I was around. asking Dave if this was like Johnny Damon going to the Yankees. You know, and I know he Jacques started. Hughes, Claude, I, Jacques Hughes. I know Claude started his career. <laughs> I know he started his career uh, as a head coach in the NHL with the Canadiens. So there's a little bit of you know going back to your roots Can we type just stuff. Say Canadiens. It's Canadiens, though. So the, the, the Habs, whatever. <laughs> and so, but I, I guess, I, but I mean, honestly, Dave, what's worse? Is, is uh, Claude going to the Canadiens worse than Johnny Damon turning his back on the Red Sox and going to the Yankees? At face value, it's like just as bad. But I the actually way, laughed the way at the that news. it went down, yeah, I laughed. <laughs> like, it's uh, not how, that bad. how do you blame Claude for doing this? Honestly, yeah. the way that it went down is just, ugh. So, short answer Damon was worse. Damon was worse. Yeah, Damon was way worse. Damon was worse. Yeah. I mean, this was. Pretty bad, uh, but... This was pretty relentless by Claude, honestly. Yeah. I mean, just, ten years you coached the Boston Bruins. You got fired in one week? One week! Now you, you didn't even wait till the next season. Or well, any. the Canadians one were week, like... One week, same uh, season. They were done with their head coach, so it was like, okay. It's almost like the Canadians were waiting for this. <laughs> yeah. It's like a double middle finger to, to Bruins management. It's like, yeah, oh, you guys got to fire me? Absolutely. As I, guess I, where said, I'm going. Absolutely. I found it hilarious when, when I found out the news. And then when he got the five-year extension to boot, the first thing I, I, I thought was, of when I, the I, first thing I thought of when I saw it was I wonder what Dave's reaction is going to be like immediately we just texted you on the group chat and we're just <laughs> like so what's up and you're like are you kidding me I I, th I, I thought yeah, I couldn't believe it when it happened but then it, you know the more I thought about it the more it made sense and the more I can't even blame Claude for giving the middle finger to the to the Bruins yeah I I didn't think it was that big of a deal to be honest with you because I, I kind of saw it coming um you know just because I knew he was going to get fired at some point. And the fact that Montreal was struggling, mm -hmm. and Montreal, you know, maybe wanted to have a, a, a renewal with, um, you know, Claude. I see. For for me, the Canadians are so stupid. Like they're so <laughs> insufferable as an organization, because all this is is the is Claude can speak French. That's yep. it. He was the one French coach left on the market. He's a good coach, too. Yeah, fine, whatever. He's a good coach. <laughs> it's the same system as Michelle Therrien implemented up there. Oh, yeah. Same system. He's a better coach. He's a nicer guy. He's more likable. I think players like Claude more than they like Michelle Therrien. But it's the same system. <laughs> pack it in, everyone. You go up one nothing in the first period. Pack it in, everyone. We're not. We're not trying to score anymore. Oh, we have an off. We have an offensive zone faceoff. We get the fourth line. line. Fourth line. Get out there because we can't allow a goal. Yeah. Right. We can't allow a goal on an offensive zone faceoff. No. So fourth line, get out there and check them. Give us some energy. Mechanic. Oh, it's ridiculous. No, it's yet. ridiculous. It, but look. The Bruins messed up by dragging Claude through the mud for the two years in which they should have already gotten rid of him. Right. Okay, they, they basically acquired players and constructed a team that Claude didn't want. Yeah. Claude wanted to implement a system which we know he loves defensive-minded players right. and veterans. So and what does Sweeney and Neely go out and do these past get, two get years? Get a bunch of they get a bunch of young kids Marshawn. who are skilled and fast and defensive liabilities. <laughs> so Claude's sitting here. Hey, by, the way, David Backus. by the way, Claude not getting paid that much here was not getting the amount of money he deserved to be a head coach in this league. Three so million. he's underpaid, and the organization's bringing in players he doesn't want. So he's overworked. To implement because he a has system he doesn't them. know how to right. teach. <laughs> what, what did they expect? And they do it for two years? Two years they drag him through the mud like that. And, and I'm not saying that Claude isn't at fault for getting fired. They should have done it two years ago. I'm sorry, the collapse two years ago wasn't enough. 
And then last year, you another have collapse. you have another record breaking collapse. Yeah, it was and ugly. including a game where you lost six to one in the final game of the season that was a must win yep. in order to get into the playoffs. The goalie called out with a tummy ache and you <laughs> lost six to one. Hey, tummy Your ache. team wasn't ready. Your team didn't play for you anymore. You didn't take Pepto Bismol. And and then and then you keep him. And then you kept them for another season. What are you doing? It's a laughing stock because the Bruins, you know, like you said, they waited too long. And I felt like Claude was like literally sitting back saying, when are you going to fire me? Seriously. Like literally he's <laughs> waiting for it. Get he's it like, over with. I don't like these players. These players don't like me. Let's just get this over with. Uh, we're we're playing well at times, but we they didn't win more than three games when but he, he was the coach. He this didn't year. want to resign. He wanted the but, severance package, right? <laughs> let's, let's not let's not think that just th- this took a week for Claude to realize. I, I think Claude had this in his mind moving forward that you know Montreal doesn't look good, yeah, and they only go after French coaches. So why not go after you know myself? Right, sure, and, and he's get paid. He's, he's from he got, he's from Montreal. Think, is you know? he getting Started like there. five million dollars per season uh, over the next five years? I think it was a twenty five. Uh, yeah, he got a twenty five million dollar five year contract extension <laughs> without even having coached a game. <laughs> this is how dumb the Habs are, though. This is how stupid the Canadians are. Uh, they're a deplorable organization. All they care about is that the head coach speaks French. Yeah, Pepe Le Pew. Like that's that's a requirement. As if as if if there was an English speaking coach out there who were a better head coach than Claude, he's not a candidate because he doesn't speak French. He's not close. He's not even close. They are among the most insufferable organizations in all of sports. I hate the Canadians with a passion. Luckily, they didn't make the playoffs last year, and this year it doesn't look like they're making the playoffs either. Please, of course they are. They're in first place. It's almost a shock to me that they (laughs) fired Michel Therrien because it seems like an overreaction to their struggles of late. They're in first place in the Atlantic. They're going to be in the playoffs. And you know what? Claude's got a recipe for success there. He's done this before. He has won a Stanley Cup He's been with, to a two team, Stanley Cup with a team that cannot score goals <laughs> with the best defenseman in the league a and really the best goalie. goalie on the planet. Yeah. All right? He's already done it. A team that couldn't score in 2011 with Zdeno Chara and Tim Thomas. Now he's at the Canadians who cannot score. They've got Shea Weber and Carey Price. He's won a Stanley Cup like this before. So I think that could be be the mindset of the Canadians yeah. in bringing a guy like Claude in, but it's still stupid. It, it, he's still going to implement the same system that is failing this team right now. Right, and and they're struggling after the All Star break. They were on a hot streak um, before that happened. So when when you look at the Canadians, you know, like you said, I, I think it's a perfect system for Claude because he just goes back to where he started. You know, it's like nothing changes. You know, he has the roster in place. You know, he doesn't have to deal with, you know, stupidity in the front office of, of, of you know, the Bruins. Well, um, we'll see what it's like uh, in Montreal up there. For yeah, sure. but Don Sweeney's not that great either. This is the second time that the Canadians have fired Michel Therrien and then hired Claude Julien. Because there's not enough French-speaking coaches, they're making the rounds again. Hey, my they, last they name. They had to go through all of them, and now they're back at square one, where they've got Michel Therrien and Claude French? Julien again. My last name's Loisel. It's French-Canadian. I might be able to coach the Canadian. You, you would, speak you, French, though. Yeah, but you can't speak French. If uh, you can't speak French, you can't speak to the fans, you I can't speak to the bit. media, and that's bit. all that matters can, to them. Can you just say, like, we? Just like, but look, all right, I want to just say before we hit the break because I know it's coming up. Bruins fans, do not overreact to what you've seen in the three games with Butch Cassidy, but enjoy this, okay? Because you're seeing a brand of hockey that's actually exciting, yeah, it is. All right, so, so they fired Claude. And now you're getting to see uh, stuff that you would like to see these young, talented players go out and do, which is utilize their skill set to the best of their ability. Cassidy's got them out there, not afraid to make mistakes. So Bruins fans, enjoy this, because no more fourth lines on offensive zone faceoffs. Dang no more D to D passes behind your net just to reach it, oh, just to reach it. the red line. Man. No more dump and chase when you reach the red line. Oh, no more getting to the corners, drop the puck back to the point and fire it. Why and, not? And no more games where you're out shooting your opponent 45 to 15 and losing. Losing one to nothing. Enjoy this, guys, because I'll miss those games. It's finally, it's finally a, a team where we can enjoy some young talent and skill. R.I.P. Dump and Chase. <laughs> Wrapping up our number one in the Sports Blast. We'll be right back. Pat's Peak Ski Area. A great.